Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to a special late, early, I don't really know what to call this right now, edition of the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. It is 2.41 a.m. Eastern Time. The Nevada-Iowa game has just ended. We made it. Ari, as Bradshaw in the chat says, who said Spencer Peters would never play on Sundays? (laughs) That's funny. He, Uh... He did. You know, I thought that it would be disrespectful to Scott Doctorman if I went to sleep after what he's been through. It would. It's his birthday, and he's sitting in a press box at 2 in the morning. Yeah, I just want to say happy birthday to Scott Doctorman. I hope that this is exactly how you wanted to spend your day. Um, Four-hour rain delay that, you know, is going on, uh, you know, up until 2 in the morning. So, you know, it's – you know what? They covered – their offense they is did. fixed. They, they gave up zero points. They're a national yes. championship contender. If they keep play- if they score twenty seven points for the rest of their games and give up zero for the rest of their games, they're going to be really, really good. Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the game, Cross Patton two carries for the, for Nevada. Cross Patton, who is that? You ask. It's Big Boy from Outcast Son. Just like when you think that tonight can't get any better you go and say something like that. Ari, there was a dog in the stands. It's an emotional support animal. Can no, you just... no, somebody was just walking their dog. The gates were open and they walked in. <laughs> they were giving out giant bags of popcorn. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that App State would have been the highlight of the day. Mm-hmm. But Iowa after dark, I think, is a permanent permanent idea, really. Like, if we could just kick off, if we could close every college football Saturday at uh, 245 Eastern with Iowa playing, like, wouldn't that be great for the sport? Like, stick it would with be me on amazing. This. The ratings would be through the roof. We do have to talk about a few other games that. So we're time traveling. You will hear us later in the show talking about Iowa as if it is still going on and still in a lightning delay. It's obviously not. Uh, we also have to talk about your alma mater beating the mm-hmm. champion North Dakota State Bison. How often does Arizona knock off a defending national champ? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, everybody was like, why do they schedule that game? Because they're going to win it. That's why. You know, I mean, it's a it's a nice win for Arizona because they're a very physical team. It's the type of team that could just run the ball down their throat, um, you know, I, in the years past. And when you think about going air raid last week and then playing a team like that this week, it's a pretty good one-two punch. And uh, the local columnist in Tucson, Greg Hansen, tweeted it, and I, and I believe it to be true, is – you know, Arizona is by no stretch of the imagination back, uh, but definitely headed in the right direction. So I think that was a nice win for them. Let's stay in the state of Arizona. Arizona State paid Eastern Michigan $1.5 million to come and play, presumably to come and lose. But Chris Creighton, the Eastern Michigan coach, he's a miracle worker. I don't know if anybody knows that. 
He he's not he never gets named for these jobs. Like we talk about Lance Leopold at Kansas and they're three and oh and we're we're putting him in every job known to man. Chris Creighton gets it done in Ypsilanti. And while well, he went to Tempe and got it done on Saturday night, and this is what the Eagles put out on the internet after they won. For those who you aren't play on the YouTube to stream. Win the game. That's right. That's right. It is a picture of an Eastern Michigan player above the quote, you play to win the game. Eastern Michigan 30, Arizona State 21. Yeah, uh, that's another uh, era where we got to be talking about what's next because that's just not working out. So, Chris, let's put Chris Creighton there because as you will hear on the show, we basically put Lance Leipold everywhere else. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty good strategy. You know, I'm surprised it's the first time that I've seen anybody use that graphic to throw it back in his face. But you know, if you had Eastern Michigan on your bingo card there, then you know you win a lot of money. This is it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, the Iowa offense. I, I'm sure there's some sickos who had not watched any Iowa yet this season and watched them because they were the last game on. It makes your eyes bleed, and you actually got to see them score. So they yeah. covered. They did you, cover. That game did not hit the total, though. Yeah, I mean, Nevada had no shot of even getting past midfield without any no, penalties. No, they did not. But you did make a good point, too, of just like when they play a Big Ten team, I don't know if Iowa's going to be able to get a first down on the ground. And then you combine that with their passing game. You know, I know they got some receivers back this week, I think, but they, their offense is really, really tough to watch. And, you know, we got a four-hour break in between, so it's like, kind of like what happened with you and the Mustard. You know, give yourself uh, four hours to recoup, and then you felt a little bit better. That's exactly right. <laughs> but the, uh, watching the Iowa game after a four-hour rain delay is probably like you eating another bottle of mustard after four hours. Exactly. Blaine Blaine says, third straight week, you guys have made Iowa priority. We did not intend to, but God said you must by yeah, making I mean, that what, lightning delay and that other lightning delay and that third lightning delay. And guess what? We may have some new listeners right now, Ari, because all your other favorite podcasts... Their hosts are asleep right now. They're sleeping. They're in their beds. We're working. We're still here. Because we love you. We do. We love college football. Even when college football does not love us enough to to give us a competent offense to watch. Ari, what a week. Now let's talk about the rest of it on the show we already recorded. Takes a snap. Troy sends four. Bryce rolls left. Going to heave it deep. And it's not going to get there. It's caught by Christian Horn. He's around here, John. And it's done. He's done. Captain win. Holy mother me, folks. It's a touchdown for Epstein on a Hail Mary. Holy mother meatballs, indeed. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. Yeah, you watch College Game Day from Appalachian State. Appalachian State. They almost lose to Troy. No, they win on that Hail Mary right there. And uh, that would be your Sunbelt team that had an upset last week that survived this week, Ari Wasserman. Yeah, uh, holy meatballs is going into my vocab, I think. Holy mother meatballs. Not holy mother, mother meatballs. meatballs. Holy mother, holy mother meatballs. meatballs. That's uh, tomorrow when Britt asks me what I want for dinner. I'm going to say holy mother meatballs. That's exactly right. Golly. Uh, yeah, I think like the theme of this week kind of was teams that got theirs last week struggling this week. 
Um, some advanced and, and won, some lost. I think two out of the three Sun Belt teams that were the um, the victors and some ma- major upsets seven days ago uh, lost, and then App State needed that hail mary. But boy, was that entertaining! Um, you know, Texas struggled with UTSA, and I think that even though Texas lost last week, we have to give them credit for for a pretty awesome week against Alabama a week ago. Um, but a lot happened in college football, and it's a shame because. Like you text me earlier in the day, they really messed up the TV staggering of that schedule yes. a little bit. I needed six TVs tonight. I needed one TV for most of the day. That's right. Don't do that, guys. Don't don't put a bunch of bad games on. Like you knew Oklahoma and Nebraska was gonna be. I don't care what the sharps said. You knew that game was gonna suck. <laughs> Even Gus Johnson tapped out at halftime. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because. Uh, most of the bets were, or the the sharp money was on Nebraska, and I don't know what the reason for that was. Maybe it was a disrespect to uh, to Oklahoma's defense. Maybe it was just they they had a feeling or an inkling it was going to be one of those grab ass games where everything goes wrong. And the way that Nebraska started the game, it was like, oh boy, here we go. Because you know they they started off hot. They got up seven nothing, and you know the crowd was into it. The players were, you know, kind of had that look in their eye. And the next thing you know, it was a hundred hundred to seven. So. Uh, maybe, uh, I mean, I honestly would have felt bad for Scott Frost if they would have won that game. That <laughs> well, would have been the most see, hilarious. Did you see that one of the defensive players said after the game, he was asked about tackling and he's like, ah, I know it's not that good, but we've been, we've been tagging off for four years in practice. Like the man's been gone for five days and they're just throwing him right under the bus. Yeah. I mean, it went, it went from that or throwing up, what was it, 23 times of practice to yeah. not hitting and ta- practicing tackling enough in practice. I don't know which one it is, but all I know for sure is that whatever they're doing in practice is the wrong thing. So, you know, that's another one of the the programs that's in turn the page mode, and hopefully they can figure something out to give them some hope. And I think we're going to get to another program that's going to be in turn the, turn the page mode on, on this podcast too. But, you know, I think it's good if you're an Oklahoma fan too to – you know, that was the most talented team they've played this year. And to see the offense do what it did, and it kind of just still looks like Oklahoma and what it was, what it was you know, under Lincoln no, Riley. it looks like Oklahoma that can tackle. Uh, Oklahoma that like can if, tackle if, is an if improvement. Lincoln Riley's teams could tackle. Yeah, so, you know, hey, maybe there's an improvement there. But, you know, seeing it with your own eyes, seeing that 11 points spread on the road against a team that, you know, you struggled to beat a year ago, I don't, I don't think they covered the spread last year. And then just completely annihilate them, I think, is an encouraging thing for Oklahoma fans who have also turned the page. So, you know, maybe we're, we're all just turning the page together this Saturday. We're going to talk about dominant wins because there were there were quite a few of those that I think were the story of, of Saturday. We got to talk about Texas A&M surviving Miami, uh, Mario Cristobal trying to win with field goals and, and Texas A&M actually getting in the end zone. Now, one of those was was gifted to them by Miami, but still. Max Johnson looked a little more comfortable. But what there's a dominant team I want to talk about, an undefeated team, a team that looked unstoppable today, frankly. And I speak, of course, of the 3-0 Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, yeah. Which destroyed Houston 48 to 30. Where Lance Leipold like may just be getting airlifted into Nebraska or Auburn at some point. Like you must save this. If yeah, you I mean, can do I think that, 
You could save this. Yeah, if you could save Kansas is saved. They've already hit their team total win uh win total for the year, which was two and a half. So is that already are they saved already? Like Well, yeah, I mean this is already more than anybody expected, but I mean Stuart Mandel again speaking it into existence, saying that that Kansas would win three Big Twelve games, and we're all like, no, no way. Now it's like yeah, they could definitely do that. They, Maybe Stuart Mandel's just a rainmaker. Well, he also said Oklahoma would finish seven and five. That that's probably when when Kansas and Oklahoma face off to those in the two Big 12 uh, championship game. It's going to be Stuart being right versus Stuart being wrong. Yeah, do those two cancel each other out? I, he also said Texas would be like four and eight. So, I Texas bouncing back from the Alabama loss, and and it took a minute. To get going against UTSA, but they did. But let, let's talk about the Jayhawks for just for one second. Six and a half yards per carry. Six and a half. It's, I it's, mean, that's the second time, I think, in as many weeks, too, that they were down two touchdowns early. Yeah. And you think, oh, boy, here comes the Kansas Jayhawks route. And the next thing you know, they're scoring four touchdowns in a row and taking control of the football game. So, you know, I think that we've had this discussion in the past, and you know, there's really no reason why Kansas should be the far and away worst program in college football. You know, there's other places that are situated in worse positions and, you know, field respectable teams. They went to an Orange Bowl, as we all remember so fondly. Um, and Gino, baby. You know, the, the fact that they're 3-0 and I think is great, you know, and maybe shows you that the coach uh, that's leading the way might have something to do with that. So, you know, and, and it's like so funny because we always say like, if you're a head coach to who's desirable, we had this discussion with Matt Campbell too. It's like, if somebody wants to hire you, you know, strike when the iron is hot, maybe mm-hmm. instead of staying too long and losing Wait, that. Lance Leipold's 58. The iron's hot. Like if, if, they, if somebody wants well, him, I mean, now might be the only time. Could you be three and oh, and already kind of harness that next coaching candidate, like aura, like uh, how, how many enjoy this for like a day. Is it possible? I mean, you're the one who brought up Nebraska land. I'm, I'm, was, I'm just going along with I the conversation. Was joking, I was joking, but, but that's yes. not a real joke. That's probably one of the top three candidates on Nebraska's board right now. I know. If I'm Lance Leipold's agent, I'm like, if he can do that at Kansas, yeah, like what? Imagine what he could do. One you. of these, one of these yeah. right here. I think so. Yeah, you know. Um, but I mean, how far into the season do you have to get at Kansas to be like, okay, he did it? Uh he did it. He did it, but. Next week, in a battle of undefeats, I, as far as I know, we're recording this. It is, it is almost 1 a.m. on the East Coast Sunday morning. USC and Fresno State are, are still locked in, in battle. But as far as I know, College Game Day has not announced its destination for next week yet. It has to be the battle of undefeateds, Kansas and Duke. It has yeah. to be. Well, I mean, there was a trivia question, and I didn't stick around to see the answer to it. And maybe you know it because you're the knower of all things. But there are like six or seven Power Five schools that Came Day has never been to. And what I would my, assume those are two uh, of them. Although, uh, yeah, uh, Kansas. I don't know. Kansas. Seven were they were really yeah. good. It's like it's tricky because was there like a marquee Duke game eight years ago that I'm forgetting about, you know, that's well, certainly did, possible, they but did win the coastal in 2013, but I, yeah. I don't think so either. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Iowa-Nevada game, as we speak, is about to restart in the third quarter. Basically, Iowa scored two touchdowns and God said, I've had enough. I've seen enough. I mean, can somebody just give our boy Scott Docterman like a hug, like just like one of those gentle but firm hugs? He's a like a case of five-hour energy at this point. Yeah, this guy's this guy's been through the ringer the last few weeks. So, you know, it's like funny. We were joking about this on text, but you know, Iowa scores two offensive touchdowns, and God's like, okay, let's bring in the lightning. We're done. Uh, we're, we're, we're done, done here. <laughs> well, and, and at this point, I want to know. I want to know if they're going to cover because. Nevada is, is, if I remember correctly, has third and long, but they're third and they're twenty-two. Iowa, yeah, they're in Iowa territory from the Iowa forty-four at seventeen nothing, and uh, Nevada was really trying hard to play smash mouth football before the rain, the lightning delay hit again against the Iowa defense, which I so think I, was I, a was a bold strategy there, Kyle. Well, <laughs> let's see how it works out. Yeah, for yeah. I don't think Nevada is going to score. So the question is, will Iowa score one more touchdown? And kick the extra point, which would be a cover, twenty three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I thought if it closed at twenty four, but we'll we'll, we'll get. Yeah, well, I still don't remember what the answer was. It's uh, going under. Yeah. So I, I mean, we got the we got the equation now. You know what the equation is, right? What's the equation? The total minus the spread divided by two is the underdog's score. The total minus the spread divided by two is the underdog's. Yeah. You know, it's crazy on my page. All you got to do is hit team totals and it just shows you what they are. But maybe I should work on my rudimentary math. Yeah, you're, you're like those people who, you know, those cashiers who can't make change when their, their register goes yeah, down. Because there's a machine yeah. that tells you, you know, want to hear the funniest thing about this? I don't know if people know this about me. You know what my job was in high school? You were a cashier. I was a bank teller. <laughs> I would never trust you to count my money ever in North Scottsdale too. So there's some pretty big money uh, coming in there. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was my, my second job. Um, and I was pretty good at it. You know, I was uh, friendly. And, but the thing about the, the chase bank that I worked at Andy is, you know, how most tellers, I mean, maybe not anymore, but back in the day, there used to be a drawer. Right, that you would pull out and you'd have to yes, balance your own drawer. There's a lot of money in it. Yes. At my chase, you did the transactions and there was a machine that spit out the exact change. So I never had to count anything. Of course. So maybe that's probably the problem. But because you, you probably would have been fired if you had actually had to count. Yeah. But so we'll, we'll see. This game might end while we're on the air. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Scott Dockerman may just. 
he may be doing the the Tuesday show from Kinnick Stadium. It's just possible at this point. Yeah, let's just see if Iowa can. Uh, you know, I, do you think Kirk Ferentz is going to try to, you know, put one, put another one in here, or do you think maybe he's just like, let's get out of here. It's been a long night. Uh, you know, we got our two offensive touchdowns for the week. The problem is solved. You know, we're we're ready to go. Or are we? Uh, are we in for some more? You know, fireworks through the air in in Iowa City. I am not sure about that. I am really not sure about that. And if I sounded really terrible just now, I, I, I hope I haven't sounded terrible for the last 12, 13 minutes, but my mic is fixed. So oh, you seem fine. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. Yeah. So this is going to be one of those shows where we, we talk about these big games, big results, but the scores were fairly lopsided in some of these games. And yes. So you Georgia crushes South Carolina, and and you you texted me and said is Georgia number one, and I'm like, is that even a question? Like, why? why, why yeah, are I guess this? maybe it's not. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's not a debate. Yeah, I mean they they are number one based on everything we've seen this season, and especially there's another lopsided score from Saturday that that feeds into that. Now I, I realize transitive property, all that. We don't really need to get into that too much, but BYU. Looked good last week against Baylor. They looked good against USF, which which looked really good against Florida on on Saturday night. Oregon destroyed BYU. Same Oregon team that Georgia destroyed. Yeah, I think I think too with transitive property, the thing that's so um, hard to kind of buy into it is is that teams only have so much in the tank from a week to week basis. You yeah, know, that was a really really hard fought game. You know, last week with Baylor. You know, and to come back out and, and do it again a week later, I think is a very difficult thing, which is why I think you saw a lot of the hangovers from the teams that won exciting games a week ago, you know? Yeah. I think, you're um, about that. but you know, it's Oregon kind of did today to BYU almost what Georgia did to Oregon. Yeah. And it is, it, it was, it was interesting to watch because Bo Nix looked good and, you know, we've been waiting for but that. that is the Bo Nix that we know, right? One week no, he's that's electric. The good Bo. We've seen good Bo. Ba- okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, good well, Bo. One, the, the dichotomy yeah, yeah. of Bo Nix. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. We got... Uh, um, Char- Charlie, by the way, in the chat, Ari is trying his hardest to talk down to UGA. Nobody is talking down UGA. Stop trying to get your Could you imagine hurt. being a like, Georgia fan? Who could watch your, any of their games and think that they're, there's yeah. any deficiency to talk about? The only thing I said was, are they 100% number one against the Alabama team that makes the national title game every year? Like, Could you imagine being an Alabama fan, or I mean a Georgia fan, and winning the national championship the way that they did last year and looking as awesome um, as they are so far this year, and then going on the internet accusing people of having some sort of bias against your team. Like Charlie Mr. Stars says he was matter. doing a bit. Yeah, yeah, sure. Backtrack. I'll walk it back now, Charlie. Yeah. Walk it back. Okay, maybe he was doing a bit. I don't know. But I'm like, Mr. Recruiting is uh, where I worship the Lord. Uh, and the team won the national championship. Yeah, I'm a real big Georgia hater. <laughs> it, it's just funny. I mean, they they looked awesome. Stetson Bennett, this is the Stetson Bennett flu game. Threw a touchdown pass and puked. He's not feeling good. He's taking oxygen. But he looked so smooth. And look, South Carolina might not be the best team in the world. They might not be the best team in the SEC. But they, they're somewhat competent. And Georgia made them look foolish. And that is the same thing Georgia did to did. Oregon, it's the exact which looked same amazing game. today. 
that Georgia had when they played Arkansas last year. Remember when we tried to like talk up Arkansas in that game? Like this is going to be the week that you know we really find out how good Arkansas is. They're sneaky, talented. You know, Sam Pittman's really got them headed in the right direction. They played Georgia, and then they're just their life got crushed. Like the soul <laughs> just it's like just gets sucked out of your body. And you saw the question that a reporter asked Shane Beamer after the game. I assume, yeah. Yeah. You know, he goes, was there any quit in the in the team? And I guess it's an annual tradition. Every time uh, South Carolina gets their butts kicked by Georgia, Shane Beamer has a quote to remember. Because remember, last year was yeah. they have five-star guys everywhere. Like, <laughs> remember that? that when he melted? Yeah, yeah. So every year we get a, a quick Shane Beamer gem. But it's just kind of one of those things of, like, Georgia is a juggernaut. And teams that... I mean, if their defense is going to play like the way that they play and their offense and Stetson Bennett are much improved from a year ago, then, you know, they're the favorite to win the national championship. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, last year we never wavered from them winning the national championship, but I might be wavering on my Alabama national title pick right now. Yeah. See, I don't care about the rankings right now. Like none of this bothers me. It's purely for entertainment purposes. If you hear people saying all the preseason rankings determine what happens. rest, No, they don't. You haven't paid any attention to history at all. It's just for entertainment purposes. But yeah, if you're going by what's happened this season, Georgia's number one. Now, you asked They me haven't had a flaw question. yet. Yeah, you're right. Now, you asked me an interesting question because we did we did a video after the, the Penn State-Auburn game. And if you want a little more in-depth analysis of Penn State-Auburn, check out our YouTube channel, The Andy Staple Show on YouTube. And you asked me, where should Penn State be after what we've seen so far this season? And I said, probably between five and 10 somewhere. And that'd be perfectly fair. Mine was seven, five, five to seven. Yeah, I think I, that, mean, I, I think it's fair, perfectly fair. I was really impressed with Penn State. They dominated Auburn on both lines of scrimmage. That was, that was the thing I think Penn State fans have been waiting to see, like an offensive line performance like that. Well, I mean, you're looking at the rankings, and again, we're just using them as a reference point, but... Uh, Penn State's uh, is down at 22 coming into the week, right? And yeah. I'll just go up the list. You know, is Penn? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll get to this team too. But te- they're better. They, they're ranked ahead of Texas, right? Because Texas lost, or does Texas mm-hmm. stay ahead because they played Alabama close? When do they get to uh, absorb the I, they played Alabama close stuff? Is that at the end of the year if they're I seven think that's and one? More of an in, that's more of an end of the year thing. Uh, what this really means, Ari, is that for the Tuesday show, we're going to have to do. And Andy Staple show computer laptop organized win Nexus ranking. Like yes. it's time to bring back. And we don't our, want to give away too much of it now yeah. because well, the computers have already been working. Right. The, I mean, it's like mining Bitcoin. The computers have to work very hard. Like yeah. the power grid where I live is going to be seriously taxed yes. over the next day and a half. But I'm looking at the teams ahead of Penn State, and I'm, I'll give you a few. Like Wake, I think Penn State's better than Wake. Florida's ahead of them. I think that that went out the window. Um, yeah, we can I talk about that. They're going to drop. They shouldn't have been ranked behind Baylor. Uh, maybe they're behind NC State. I don't know. Behind Tennessee, who scores a ton. Utah's already lost. Miami's lost. BYU got its butt kicked. Michigan State got its butt kicked. Arkansas uh, had a pretty close game with Missouri State at home. Bobby K- P coming back to Fayetteville, baby. Kentucky at number nine struggled for a half of football with Youngstown State. Um, you know, here's the interesting one. Like, where do you put USC? You know, they're they just about to score again on Fresno yeah. State. And it's like at a certain point, do you start moving USC um, up into the top five or, or do you still need to see more from them? Like, it's like funny to me because I feel like you're saying you're going to say you need to see more. And I think that's fair. 
But it's mm-hmm. like we never needed to see more from Oklahoma to put them in the top five. So, like, what's the distinction between Oklahoma and USC right now if they're similar teams? We've seen it from Oklahoma over and over. So and over why again. isn't USC not harness that? How? Why would they? Because their coach is the coach that led that other team. Okay, great. Beat some power That's five teams. Literally, let's talk. If Nick Saban got hired by Michigan State tomorrow again, you yeah. would harness Nick Saban being their yeah, coach. Beat, beat some power five teams. Like, like, like Oregon State's actually really good. I, yeah. We, we know how much I'm a Jonathan, Jonathan Smith stand here. So, like, do this to Oregon State. Yeah, I'm good. It, I'm, and it I'm doesn't happy matter. It's just a talking point. It doesn't matter exactly. whether they're eight or six or five or four. Yeah. If they continue winning, they'll move up, and if they lose, they will. They will. Yeah, move but down. that's that's the, that's the same for everything. I'm just wondering when does your when does your viewpoint change of who they are? Because I feel like it really hasn't. Even though they're going to cover three spreads in a row pretty easily, and their offense seems to be electric. And Caleb Williams, if you've watched him, is really really good at football. Yeah, and I know you knew that last year, but he's like a polished version of last he's, year now he's a better version of last year and i i would argue he's got some more top end talent around him i think it's possible that by the end of the year there will be caleb williams will be in the same discussion with bryce young and cj stroud like, I, I think, think he's that good i think that's fair and i also think he's probably his ceiling is probably higher than both i don't Maybe, feel like yeah. i'm going out on a limb on that well, he's more athletic than C.J. Stroud, but he's got a bigger arm than Bryce Young, right? Correct, correct. So, he's kind of he's kind of the marriage of the two, if that makes sense. Like yeah, the best traits of those two put together. Yeah. So, you know, I I know that Ari, we have a friendly Ari, little I, I, wager. I don't know how to tell you this. If it's lightning again, I'm going to bed. I, I honestly get it. Remaining in the third quarter. Yet another lightning. What? Whoever was there are some diehards still hanging out at Kinnick Stadium. They are leaving. I mean, um, I, I think they're being forced the, to leave uh, for their safety, but they are what, leaving. What? At what point does do they just like call it? Like, is there? I think a, we may be a, at that point. It is. It is. Well, it is twelve oh three a.m. Central Time. So twelve oh three a.m. Their time. This. It, it, we all know Nevada's not going to score. So just. You could just call it now. I mean, now just wondering if the they chances were to call- of more points at all in this game are actually fairly slim. Like that would be a great live bet if you know when this game resumes at five a.m. I'll pull up the live the live bet right now. Um, I think that the I was looking at it the other day, uh, the other minute, and yeah, Iowa's minus twenty one now. Oh, so they think they might. No faith in the Hawkeyes to get back in the end zone. Yeah, None. yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> but I think that everybody knows we're in uh, wind it down mode. But just asking for a friend and no interest of my own, really. But if they were not. to call the game, what happens to the people who took the points? Like, do they get the money or like, how does that work? <sighs> I I don't know. I, I would assume. I mean, the live stuff, if if well, like a first half bet would would have to pay. But I would assume yeah. that everything just negates if it's a full game bet. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's no con. It's a no con. They, what do they call it? Well, here's well, the thing. No like contest you said, for their purposes. It's probably Nevada, gonna buy the Nevada Iowa isn't win. scoring. Okay. Yeah. We already know Iowa's defense is awesome, and their offense is fixed. What else do we need to play these remaining two quarters for? <laughs> fixed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, it's all. It's all good now. Um, uh, uh, Doyce says he bet the under. Do you think I win? I think I think you won. You're right. Whether or not you'll get paid, right? I, I mean, you I were think right. You were gonna win. You were gonna win. 
Yeah. I mean, what if you had Nevada plus 24 and a half? Were you going to win that bet? Is it bad that I'm really excited for Iowa at Rutgers next week? Like, really no. excited? I told you, I don't know if I told you on the show or if I told you in a text, but I think that Iowa is some of the most compelling television in college football this year. I, I am so pumped for that game. <laughs> I was in front of my computer with the te- with the uh, game on the second it started today. Yeah, this is this is going to be a blast. Like, because Rutgers looks very competent, and I mean... I don't they, think Rutgers is going to score. Defense. You don't think they will score at all? I think that when they play Iowa's defense, they're going to look less competent. I think Rutgers is better than everyone Iowa. Well, yeah, they, no, they, I don't know yeah, if they're better than know. Iowa State. They're, they're probably not better than Iowa State. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I mean, Iowa's defense is just nasty. Nasty, 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 nasty. We'll be right back after these words. Do you want to talk about the Big Ten team that really got my feathers going today or what? Yeah, let's do it. Penn State? Penn State looked very good. Auburn looked very bad. We have to and we have to get into this a little bit, right? I mean, we, we do. have to. Absolutely. So which side do you want to start on? The the exciting side or the the world let's, is ending side? Let's start with the good news. Let's start okay. with the Nittany Lions who had the game that their fans have wanted to see for a long time. I, I think I said when we talked earlier, I think it was the 2017 whiteout game against Michigan was the last time I remember them being this dominant against a, a, a decent team. And I don't look Auburn isn't that good. We we think Auburn's a middle of the pack to possibly lower than that SEC team. But Auburn has athletes, and Penn State looked like it had better athletes and was dominant on both. Is, lines I mean, is that the most encouraging thing if you're a Penn State fan? The yeah. fact that you lined up in, against an SEC school that ranks in the top twenty in the composite rankings and just had better athletes across the board. Like I mean, yeah. like to me, it's just like people are going to say, "Ah, well, they're they're in a bad situation right now. Their coach is gone after this year. You know, they haven't won a Power they're, they're Five game players, and four games. Their older players were recruited by Gus Malzahn. They they have good like Derek Hall can play for anybody. Owen Pepo can play for anybody. Tank Bigsby can play for anybody. Like they got some dudes at Auburn, and Penn State made them all look really bad today. Yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, people are going to try to discount that win. Because Auburn isn't very good, right? And I think that there's a certain level of, okay, that makes sense. But you can't take away the positive things about this. They went on the road. They played a team that has enough talent to win and beat the crap out of them physically for four quarters. Yeah. So, you know, this is not the type of Penn State win that that these fans have been waiting for. And, you know, even like we're two and a half weeks removed from that that Purdue game that they almost lost. And we were talking about how Purdue moved them around in the trenches. Not today, not on Saturday. I mean, they they really physically dominated that game. You said Sean Clifford looks smoother than he did early. He looks very do you think that in is? command, and I, and I would not say that about him in most of their games that I've watched in the last two years. He was in command because his entire team was manhandling the opponent. Yeah, because because every yeah. time he handed off, they were gaining six yards. Now, I texted you during the game, and I said if I had told you on Friday that Drew Aller would be playing in the fourth quarter of Penn State Auburn, what would you have told me? That either Sean Clifford got hurt or aggravated that injury that he had at the, a few weeks ago, or that um, Penn State was in desperation mode and needed somebody to get a first down for them. Yeah. I think blowout of the blowout of epic proportions would not have been my guess. No, it would not. Especially would not in a game the, that had a three-point spread. Right. <laughs> yeah. And maybe so, it should have been, but, you know, that's two years in a row now. You know, you got Penn State. Uh, Audrey Snyder tweeted that she overheard on the on the sideline that 
uh, you know, they were saying SEC who and all that stuff, which is what you, you know, if you're a Big Ten team, you, you, you want to say. You the right to do that. The Penn State right were chanting SEC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, think that that was a team that, you know, definitely earned its stripes and, and could be higher up on the rankings, like you said. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes for the rest of the year because Penn State always has this. Like next week, I'd be on high alert because Penn State has this tendency, at least from what I remember, to you know play tough physical games or or come off big wins and the next week look awful. Yeah. So like let's hope that they can avoid that. Um but after 3 games, after what we watched against Purdue, if I would have said, "Hey, this is what it's going to look like after 3 games, 3 and 0, blow out win in the plains, every single Penn State in the world says, "Yep, we'll take that." We'll take now that a thousand times out of a thousand. Let's flip it to the other side. Oh boy. Yeah. Like okay. Auburn has Missouri and, and LSU at home. And honestly, given what we saw from LSU tonight, I don't know that Auburn can win that game either. But Missouri is is one of the weaker teams in the SEC. You better be able to win that one. If you can't win that one, then that's that's probably it. Yeah. I mean, you want to read off the to these, you know, fine people what their schedule looks like after Mizzou? It's it's brutal. It's uh, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, I don't. I cannot believe that we seriously were talking about guest. I mean, uh, Brian Harson. Brian Harson. Sorry, well, uh, I wasn't seriously talking about it because I I had read their schedule. So I, I, I no, we we not, seriously spoke about like what would it take for Brian Harson to well, that's that's what it would have taken, and it would have been three, a miracle. There's no way they would have been nine and three at any point. All right, and it's, so, even if they were pretty good, they wouldn't have been able to do it. So after they play Missouri, LSU comes to Auburn. Then Auburn goes to Georgia, to Ole Miss, week off, host Arkansas. They go to Starkville. Then Texas A&M shows up. Somebody <laughs> on the live brutal. stream, we talked about it on YouTube after the game. We went 10 minutes on YouTube, and somebody asked what's the over-under on their season total, and they six said and six and a half. And both Andy and I, without hesitation, were like under. under. Yeah. It's not even, I don't even know if it's going to be close. They might, you know, BSE just said in the chat here, four wins. I think that's reasonable. Given the schedule, yes. And and we'll see how they respond to this. But, yeah, I mean, look, if they lose to Missouri, just just get it over with, write his check, and and be done with it. And then, if they, honestly, if there's a losing streak at any point, and it looks like they're about to fall off the cliff, just do it. You're yeah. going to hire an AD. That person's going to hire a coach. Start to give some hope. And then also, you, you'll have coaches out recruiting. And you can kind of direct them what you want them to do because they're still taking checks. And basically, start recruiting differently. You have like, to re- recruit differently. What you have to do is you have to recruit to Auburn. Exactly. You got to recruit to what people would want to do uh, or, or experience at Auburn and what's made that place special. Right. And, and and then hire the person who will continue to recruit like that and, and continue to go yes. after. You have to go after the same players as, as Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Like, that's what Florida's trying to do with Billy Napier. We'll get to that in a minute because that's that's kind of yeah, not, not going so great right now. But you have to do that or you have no shot. So yeah. That's that's what they've got to figure out. There's another blowout I want to talk about, though, involving a, a Big Ten East team. This time, the Big Ten East team was on the business end of it. Michigan State went to Seattle and got smoked by Washington. 
I am. It does my heart so good to be my to see Michael Penix Jr. finally healthy and having success. He looked awesome against the Spartans. Well, I mean, I have to come out and just flat out say I was wrong. I, I was, was too. We I both was very said, what's, wrong. What's, what's up like, with this line? I said Michigan State's going to win. I mean, that was that wasn't just like yeah, the games play out in a weird way sometimes. That was like you're freaking wrong. Yeah, you know. So you know, I will take accountability for that. That was a uh, I miss <laughs> I misidentified what that team was this year, and you know, I don't know if it's just me, but like I feel like sometimes when I watch Michigan State play, I feel like it's playing back at. 0.75 speed you know on youtube when yeah. you're watching how you can change the playback speed when i watch michigan state it's just like everything is just so slow you know and it just i know that mel tucker is trying to change that right you know through the well, way that he's recruiting i, I, I and, think and bringing the, the conversation athletes, we just had about what auburn needs to do is what mel Tucker's trying to do at michigan state and it's not easy and it doesn't happen overnight so but but i will say kaylin DeBoer has come in and recharged that Washington program, which was was in a bad place yeah. under Jimmy Lake. Yep. And they look confident, physical. Like, you always expected Washington to be good on the line of scrimmage. I think Chris Peterson did a great job of establishing that they could always get good talent on the line. They didn't look like that last year. They played like that against Michigan well, you State. Know what they, they bullied what them. What stood out to me the most about that game was Every single time Michigan State made a play, I felt like Washington was back in the end zone five plays later. It did like feel they counter They countered yeah. every single time, and they're like, you're not going to feel good about yourself for more than five minutes. And they put their foot on their throat. They didn't let them go. Now, it's funny to me because the spread got out to three and a half, and uh, Michigan State had the ball. Um, I think they were down 11. And they could have scored a touchdown and gone for two and covered back door of the spread, even though they got blown out. And then Washington, you know, put the kibosh on that really quickly. But, you know, big hats off to that Washington program that, you know, I've always thought should be better than it is. And, you know, they had a lot of recruiting misses last few years and the last few cycles and, and players that are in their state. But that's kind of the product that you're hoping to see out of that team. Today was a bad day to, to be the visitor in the Pacific Northwest. It yeah. really was. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it Washington State, was. one one handling. Now that was a little bit easy. They hit Colorado State, which is not not a very good team. But Oregon State played an FCS team. Like I'm excited to see Oregon State against USC next week. Now USC just scored another touchdown, so it's it's 35-17 against Fresno State. I am excited to see Oregon State against USC, though. And, and it may be you're right that USC has just moved beyond the bulk of the Pac-12. But that Oregon team you saw today, if they if they wind up playing USC, playing the way they played today, how do you feel about that? that feels I think like USC is going to score 45 points a game this year, no matter who they play. Well, you might so, be right. So if that happens, then, you know, they could lose 52 to 45, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated, Washington, but... Also have Oregon Washington State next week. Like conference play gets gets really real. Oklahoma has K State, which is you know the tr- everybody's trendy Big Twelve champion pick. They lost to Tulane on Saturday. Yes, we got to talk about that for at least a minute. Yeah, because you know there were a few. I mean, Old Dominion too. Uh, you know, almost swept the Virginia schools this year. Yeah, they uh, almost won the state title. Uh, and they kind of gave it up at the end. But um, I don't know where I was going with that, but. It's uh, 
It's a, it's a weird sport, Andy. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe that. It's just a weird sport, man. Well, it is, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun as as we get into conference play. And I think we saw some of that today. Uh, I mean, the Kansas State, State thing is insane. Like oh, every single person had yeah. Kansas State. I mean, did and you they have still Kansas? might. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't count towards their conference record, but like, man, come on. Didn't I, Iowa State lost to the Raging Cajuns the same year they wound up playing for the Big 12 title? That's right. right? That's right. So, you, no, you I'm just saying, like, if you, the way that we viewed Kansas State isn't supposed to be, that's not supposed to be the result of that team that we think they are. Now, maybe they'll turn it on. And, you know, one of the commenters here just said that they're peeking ahead to next week because they're playing Oklahoma. And I guess that that's probably the case. But, I mean, it's just, you know, That'll be a fun game to watch too. I know that Kansas State lost, but I'm I'm very excited to watch that game as well. Yeah, Kansas State Oklahoma next weekend. It's it's going to be great, and and we got a little preview of, of what a lot of you know a lot of these conference games that we're going to be flooded with starting next week in that Mississippi State LSU game, which I thought early it felt like Mississippi State was going to dominate that game, and then LSU realized oh they cannot block us. What does Mississippi State have to do to reach their potential, Andy? Uh, what is their potential? 10, 11 wins. So they need receivers who can break tackles and, and get yak yards. In that offense, That that's that's the differentiating factor. Mm-hmm. They don't have that right now. And they need to block better. Like, I don't know if Charles Cross was still there. Would it be any, any better? But... LSU was living in the back. I mean, probably. And, and Will Rogers was running for Would have been life. a little bit better. A little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they weren't all going around the left tackle, Ari. There were four other offensive linemen. So Yeah, no, I know. But you add that guy back into the mix, and that's that's a nice little band-aid at least. Um, but, you know, they're always so sneaky athletic, and we saw that last week, last week when they beat the crap out of Arizona. And it's just like, to me, it's Mississippi State fans always get all excited and – you know, they just always lose these games that they shouldn't lose be- to the helmet games. Yeah. I, it's like, when are they going to not crumble in the helmet games? I don't know. Mississippi I mean, State's J- a better team than LSU this year, right? I don't know if they are. I mean, not it, anymore could, after today, but coming that, in, if I would ask you LSU yesterday. LSU has gotten better over time because, and, and, and Jay Titans 04 special teams did kill Mississippi State. Like, if you don't, if they don't muff that punt and gift LSU that, I thought Jaden Daniels looked really good down the stretch. Yeah. That was, I did not expect that from him when he transferred to LSU. And, and, you know, you had that nice drive at the end of the Florida State game, but I didn't think he was particularly lighting the world on fire against Florida State. The Southern game, there's really nothing you can take from that. You know, Brian Kelly deserves some sort of benefit of the doubt in terms of getting a lot out of his players. So, you know, maybe that's right, but. You know, it seemed to me that, like you said, that LSU was just more athletic and more menacing on the uh, on the lines. And you know, as you know, in the SEC, that's going to win ball games. So, well, and Harold Perkins, the the freshman linebacker, who is uh, you know well as a who? as a five star guy, Harold Perkins. <laughs> I know who he is. Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> he was all over the place. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy how that works out. We, we did our we did our SEC team draft with. I did that with the the beat writers from the SEC teams earlier in the season, mm-hmm. and. uh I picked Harold Perkins on my team, and they're like, "Oh, you picked a backup? Like, not for long, baby." Yeah, uh, was Malachi Starks a backup too? 
Uh, for Georgia? No, or? no, he was not. He was picked pretty early. <laughs> okay, he was picked yeah. very early. So, yeah, it, it, there's some really good freshmen out there. But that that was a fun game. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, the Swamp was not a, a happy place, even though Florida emerged victorious. Uh, we We really messed up with the Anthony Richardson hype after the first week. I mean, really, I look like a clown. Really like, I need to well, get one I do, of those. I do, too. I'm, I'm with What are those? Oh, with the nose? Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm going to do one of these. If you want to talk about Florida right now, I'll just do one of these. Yeah. Uh, we said Cam Newton, dude. We did. That was a mistake. Mistakes were made. Did, um, I, pu- did I pull you down into the the wave or the, the no, fiery I, pit of Ari Wasserman hyperbole? No, because hyperbole I or? spent all offseason hearing that, you know, this guy is the most amazing athlete, and you'd seen little flashes of it, so... Thought okay, maybe. And when he throws the ball, it looks beautiful. But the decision making is not great. Their their best bet offensively is when they get hot running the ball. They have a decent offensive line, and and Johnson and Etienne can run the ball a little bit. But USF, like that's troubling that they gave up that many rushing yards to USF. Yeah, I mean they almost lost that game. Yeah, well, they should have. So USF. That was a great a kick, by the way, for how terrible that snap was. Unbelievable. But, but yeah. the play before that with the, the bad snap that, that forced that kick to be that long. Because yeah, yeah, even with just, that terrible hold, the way he kicked that ball, if they'd been where they would have been closer. without the bad yeah. snap, it would have would have gone in. Yeah. I mean, he kicked that ball. The ball wasn't even upright. It was I mean, amazing. Tell, tell people the scenario, and then we'll describe the... So the, there? the snap is good, but the holder drops it. The ball is laying oblong on the ground. The holder begins... It was almost parallel to the ground. Right. The holder begins to pick it up, but it does not have it up. And he just gets his foot under it. And it it just line drives toward the, the uprights. And it was on track and then it just kind of curved it just it because it, it, it wasn't even like a little bit it wasn't yeah. end over end even it was like it was parallel to the ground yeah and the play and, before they snapped the ball low and it got past quarterback and went 10 yards and they had to fall on it and got him yeah gary gary out. bohannon basically had to play shortstop and it it, it short hopped him and and he couldn't, couldn't and, corral you it. know that was uh it's just like it always stinks when those types of plays happen to teams that are bidding for an upset at the worst possible time. Yeah. Speaking of games that I felt like there's so many chances for this the, the losing team to to get it, get back in and pull off a shocker. Cal at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman has a win now as Notre Dame's coach. He's now one and and three all time as Notre Dame's coach. But man. Did he have to work for it? Because yeah, I mean, there was a time where I thought he was going to be zero and three this year. Well, I, I, you know, Cal controlled the first half. That that Notre Dame's offense looked hideous for the first quarter and most of the second. Drew Pine, I thought, had a good second half. I thought he looked much better and much more in control. And and maybe that's what it took. Maybe he just needed some time to settle down and and realize, you know, this is what I need. Uh, I'm going to throw to Michael Mayer. That's that's how we're going to get this done. But it was it was a tough watch. Now the Notre Dame defense, I thought, played really well for most of the second half. Isaiah Foskey had a big sack late in the fourth quarter, but they had a hail mary to tie the game, and the ball actually landed in a cow receiver's hands in the end zone. Yeah, and he dropped it. I thought he had it. 
it was if you catch that like if, if your guy catches that if you if you're justin wilcox you just go for two right oh like, yeah i mean what do you yeah like <laughs> i know god's supposed to be on their side but maybe he's on ours so let's just yeah, see if we can get this yeah. over with i mean i you know, i'm i'm definitely for going for two when you're a big underdog and you're in that position because extending the game is not the yeah. recipe for success. Well, uh, Sean Crowley pointing out, and this is true, I, I remember when this happened early in the game, there's a phantom offsides call on a field goal attempt that Notre Dame missed. They called offsides on Cal. Video didn't show anybody offsides, and Notre Dame gets the ball back, it gives them a first down, they score. So, yeah. Uh, I don't, it, I'm, I'm curious how the Notre Dame fans feel about this. I'm sure they're happy to get a win, but I don't think they're particularly happy about this is sort of like the, the floor. I'm sure Florida Notre Dame fans are probably in the same place right now. Like, yeah, they won, but Oh, I'm not looking forward to, to what happens next. Notre yeah. Dame has North Carolina and Florida has Tennessee. So there gonna be a lot of points scored next week in games involving those teams. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, Notre Dame fans are probably in the scenario now where it's like year one. Things got off to a, a pretty good start with a close, you know, loss at Ohio State. Then once the Marshall game happened, you just kind of have to accept that, you know, this isn't a playoff team this year. There's a new coach who needs to get some experience uh, calling uh, the shots, you know, the program and then hoping that they close out the 2023 class in a big way and then regrouping into the offseason and trying to build something. So, you know, I think that everybody wants that fairy tale beginning where, you know, you win eight games in a row to start your career off and, you know, things are going great and, you know, they're winning games on the field. But, you, you, you know, you telling a, Carter reclassify. I mean, I would. I don't know. Buckner getting hurt. I, it's a bad break. So like, I, but Carr reclassifying was a rumor before he committed to Notre Dame, and I don't know if there's any truth to that, but you know, get that quarterback in there, build around them, and you know, you know how I feel about five star quarterbacks getting in early. I do. So, you know, I don't know if that's rational or if that's even part of the plan, but you know, I think the number one priority here now is is for Marcus Freeman to maintain the good class that he's put together, and you know, continue to instill confidence in what they're building there, because every loss makes it harder and harder to see the vision. So let's talk about the game that, that I thought would be the thing that we talked about at the top of the show, but the game is actually kind of a snooze fest. But Texas A&M does pull mm-hmm. out a win. Jimbo Fisher did make the quarterback change. Mac Johnson comes in. They had two DBs go out on targeting penalties early in the game, yet the defense still played really well down the stretch. And by the way, had two DBs, including a starter, out suspended. They also had Evan Stewart suspended as well. But... Had had them suspended and they didn't get back in the game. They didn't get in the game at all because it, it was well. They might be suspended for the first half or no. They they didn't play in the game. So I thought the Texas A&M defense did a great job considering the circumstances, and the offense did enough. Um, he, the the Max Johnson thing is interesting. He does not run nearly as well as Haynes King, but he is willing to pull the ball when he's supposed to, and I feel like that makes all the difference in the world on the read option. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the defense thinking that there's a shot. I mean, yeah. It's the whole thing. I mean, I've watched read option defense for the last 10 years where the quarterback didn't want to give it. Yep. So, or knows when to pull it, wins to give it. I mean, it's like the chess game within the game. So, you know, 
I mean, he did look more comfortable out there, but I didn't think that Texas A&M leaves that game thinking like, okay, we're good now. No, I we mean, Miami, a ranked gift, team like the, Miami gifted you one touchdown. They could won score. 17 to it nine. Was the most boring offensive performance I've ever seen. Well, yeah, I did watch Iowa last week, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know. It was it's rough. just like somebody tweeted. I think it might have been Spencer Hall, but he said the best thing about Jimbo Fitcher is that he has 500 offensive plays in his playbook and he only decides to call the boring ones. Right, it's 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 he talked about it in, in terms of going to a concert. Like you want him, you want him to play the cool songs, but he's gonna play the stuff from his he's new gonna album. Play the hits, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah, yeah the He's new only album. playing yeah. stuff from his new album. So yeah, <laughs> it, that's funny. Now, I did. That's think, funny. You think it's his new album, huh? I would say that he's yeah, just playing the classics. But yeah, people it's like probably that. the. But it's probably the deep cuts from the old albums. Yeah, yeah. The, the I really B-sides. love this one, especially especially the uh, the version with the the nineteen minute bass solo. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I thought though that Johnson did a good job getting the ball out to to Anaya Smith and and letting him make some some stuff happen. So I am much more confident about their offense going forward than I was last week. I had somebody on Twitter, see, I told you we were going to go one in five. I didn't, I said one in five was a possibility. I didn't say it was going to happen. Yeah. I still, and, and I still think it, it might be two and four. It might be three and three. These things all are possible because the teams you're playing are still pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm covering the A&M Arkansas game in Dallas next weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, Arkansas had a scare of their own uh, yep. against Missouri State. And I was like, how I think bad would lose. that have been if they'd have lost to Bobby freaking Petrino? I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I tweeted this. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but it's a podcast, so I'm going to say it. But I said, <laughs> let it rip. If, if Missouri State wins this game, Bobby Petrino has to come out to his news conference wearing a neck brace. With, with the Sugar Bowl hat. <laughs> I mean... I mean, if I were if I had been Arkansas, I would have trolled the hell out of Bobby Petrino the entire game. Like, I mean, I would have had I would have had motorcycle sounds playing every time that Arkansas had a big play. Listen, his hat. I mean, his past is his past, but the man's a good football coach. He is, except except yeah. for when they just sort of quit at Louisville. Yeah, well, that that was not pretty. I, I mean, maybe let me rephrase it. Good at at the game part of it. Right, right. It's just, yeah. I, I think they came to a conclusion. There's other things of, about being a football yeah. coach that are important, right. too, I, like I integrity. They, they, and yeah, They came <laughs> to a conclusion at one point at Louisville, like, you know, if we work less, they'll pay us to not work. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. You know what? If it's said in your contract, Andy, if you write very few stories and you scrap right. the podcast, we're going we're gonna to pay you out a boatload of money so you never have to work again. To uh, not work. Sounds you amazing. You probably still do everything because you wouldn't want to be able to turn your back on the eating challenges, but... That's exactly um, right. You know... Where, where, I, where I, else can I, can I chug mustard? Where, where else could I do that? It's not socially acceptable. Not socially acceptable <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah. I don't think I could do it on my yacht. I, you know, I, I, there's probably rules against that sort of thing. I don't Other know what maritime law it? says. As long as there's bathrooms on the yacht, you're good to go. This is true. <laughs> so update for those of you who, who maybe didn't follow yeah. along on Twitter. I downed all the mustard. It was great. I was impressed with myself. I felt pretty good about it. But uh, there was an incident about 90 minutes later. So just warning you, if you decide you want to drink a whole bottle of mustard, that's something you need to think about. Now, I will say... I might just buy some mustard, like go to Sam's Club and buy the pallet of mustard bottles, relabel them, 
as a as a 24-hour cleanse because you don't want to eat anything after you drink a bottle of mustard. Yeah, I mean, just put it into upscale malls. Yes. And the more you charge for it, the more likely it's to sell. Exactly. What's my price point? I, I originally thought... $179.99. Right. I originally thought $29.99, and I realized I was way too low. I, if you put it, it in the right store and charge 200 bucks, yeah, some, somebody's going They're going to be like, well, there's a reason for this. Well, and the crazy part is it will work. Like, some lady will, will chug nine ounces of mustard, mm-hmm. not eat anything for the rest of the day, lose some weight, and be like, clean their It's cold. a miracle! It's called the colon cleanse. Yeah, it's that. There's that, but there's also you're just drinking a lot of vinegar. Yeah, it's just uh, appetite suppressant. Su- that does suppress the appetite. So yeah, uh, but we're, we're we're gonna have some other bets. We're gonna have an resat bet. I think I am gonna probably you know Ralph Russo, our friend from the Associated Press, has offered to send us a, a my an mortal SAT. enemy. An SAT prep book, so we can just ask Ari questions from the SAT prep book. Is that what he book? reads before he goes to bed at night? Ari, his daughter is in high school. She has to prep for the SAT. Don't That's let why facts it's in get in house. the way of me poking fun at him. <laughs> right, but i i do want to I do want to read you some some SAT prep questions. We we had a, a production meeting on Friday, and uh, our producers were very adamant that we continue. Asking Ari questions. It's like the on more the show. we joke about how stupid I am, the more like I want to get them right. Good. I'm glad. Which is going to make it worse when I get them wrong. It is going to be. It's going to be tremendous. It, yeah. I I thought what we did the other day, and and we'll we'll see. We'll test you. We'll see because I I do think now I've been bad at this in the past, but I do think when we get to Friday's show, you can give me a total and and. A spread, and I'll be able to figure out what Vegas thinks the score is going to be. I bet I you think will. I can do that. Touchdown yes. USC, by the way. So yeah. you're going to get used to saying that. Well, it's they're over if you're not 40 used again. to it yet. Yeah, they're over yeah. forty again. So yeah, I realize you want me to pay out, and and maybe can I, I read will. a can I read a tweet from the esteemed Dave Ubbin? Please do, please do. A lot of folks wanted to tamp down the USC hype. Give me Lincoln time. Don't expect things or. Don't let expectations get too high. But I don't know how anyone can look at what USC has put has put down so far this season and not see what's somehow, well, the portal how, a playoff caliber team in year one. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just want, I want to get to the point where you're sweating. Let's not go crazy. Look at who they've played. Come on. If they do it against somebody good, then yes. But they didn't do it against good teams all the time in the past. They is in USC? Yeah. Well, I USC know that. shit their pants against bad teams all the time. That doesn't make you a playoff team, though, because you can smoke bad teams. It you makes you a playoff team when you teams. play in that conference because you play bad teams most of the year. If you lose, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. So Okay, well, i just uh, thinking about what I'm going to buy. Cam Molina, our producer. Iowa will resume play at 12.45 a.m. Central Time. Nine more minutes. And it's Scott Docterman's birthday. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to you. Poor Scott. Like, he, he's going to be, he's supposed to be on our Tuesday show with us, which means we record Monday. Do you think he will be out of the press box by then? No, I don't. I want to wish him a happy birthday on Twitter. I mean, so when we wrap this up, I'm going to do that. So, Ari, we've talked about all 
the whole day. We we've done this, but now I feel like Iowa and Nevada are gonna are gonna give us some more. I guess I have to stay awake. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Tag the end of the pot. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We love you for watching live on YouTube and commenting with us and, and chiming in and making fun of us during the show. We appreciate that. Ari and I are going to reconvene if, when, when or if the Iowa-Nevada game ends and we will put a new intro on the podcast. Is that all right with you, Ari? Yeah, for, yeah, I'll try my best to stay awake, but yes. If you're if you're asleep, that's all right. I'm just going to have okay. you asleep in the little box on the screen, and we'll okay. put that on the YouTube, too. I'll do my best. So they're starting in nine minutes? It's eight minutes now. So okay, all right, let's here we get go. to it. Here we go. Tune in Sunday morning. We may or may not have commentary on the end of the Iowa-Nevada game, and if this podcast is, is at all accurate in talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes, Neither team will score, and we will have completely wasted our time. That's the show, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.